This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hi, everybody. You're going to love our next guest. Scott Cohen is the co-founder and partner of Iroquois Capital. He's got energy companies that he's involved in. He's a manager of the private equity fund. He's a shareholder in multiple companies. Here's a guy that started with nothing, just a idea that he wanted to get involved in the business community, a huge belief in himself, and he has had an amazing ride. You're going to love this interview, having him get on an airplane with a couple of hundred dollars in his pocket to meet a big bank, um, journaling every day to figure out his strategy. We speak about hidden opportunities. We speak about how to measure risk. We speak about how to be a learner. We speak about how to grow organically. This is one of these interviews where if you're an entrepreneur or you want to be entrepreneur, you got to listen to this guy's journey. You're going to love it. Delving into current events. To uncover relevant wisdom. Uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Scott Cohen. Scott is an amazing individual involved in so much. We're going to talk a little bit about him and how he got to where he is. He's the co-founder and partner of Iroquois Capital. I always not sure how to pronounce that right, but we'll ask Scott in a minute. He operates uh, energy-related companies. He's a managing partner. He's, he manages a private equity fund, and he's an active shareholder, um, which helps to guide, manage, inspire about a half a dozen companies. He is on so many places in, this, in the business community. His hands are in disparate companies, um, and in all those companies, he finds values, he manages, he creates value, and he takes them to levels that the company needs to be. It is an honor to be with him. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It is great that you're on. Um, it's great that you're here. Um, and I really appreciate the time that you're, you're taking with us. I know that you're incredibly busy. Um, can we just start from the beginning? When I look at someone with your resume, and you know, when I grew up, and they used to tell me all the time, Charlie, like, you know, it's better to be the master of one than the jack of all trades, whatever. And then you get older, and then like you see some people that, and they're really good at their one thing. God bless them. It's great. Then you see some people that have managed to do multiple things, but well. Their hands are in different buckets, but they they seem to have it. They're, they're somehow juggling it. They're somehow living that you know jack of all trades, ADD ish guy's dream. How did it start from you? How did you begin to jump into this business world? Was that always something you always wanted to do? Was it you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Were you you know that classic I hated school story, or um, or something that you sort of fell into? So when I I grew up in Washington D.C. and um, and went to school at University of Ohio. Um, my dad was a lawyer; he worked for the government. My mom was a school teacher, so I had very little exposure to business people. In fact, I didn't really know any of them growing up. My f- parents' friends weren't really in business; um, they were more educators or some lawyer friends or friends of my parents from uh, from the community. Um, but very little in business. So I really didn't have much exposure to it. So even in college, it wasn't something that we talked about. It wasn't something I studied. Um, but I think watching my mother make a transition from from um, education into real estate and see her build her business, that gave me a little glimpse. Um, and then when I got out of school, um, which was in 1991, um, there just wasn't too many jobs available. So you really, it wasn't like there was just people lining up to hire you. You had to hit the phones and try to create your own position. Um, And that's what myself, my friends, that's what we all did. Um, Some of us got hired right away. Some of us took years to, 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 but I was scratching my head just looking for anybody to talk to, any of my parents' friends or friends of friends where I could just have an interview. What did you What did you graduate as? What did you have? Uh, I was a communications major, um, uh-huh. so um, interpersonal communications was my major. Uh-huh. Um, so I really didn't take any finance courses. I didn't. So take you had any no business experience, business. zero experience. But you had to get a job. 
<clears throat> had to get a job, had to survive. Uh-huh. Um, growing up, uh, my whole life, I always had jobs starting at, uh, really starting as probably in 10-year-old um, selling golf balls back to golfers. We lived on a golf course. Um, but all these odds and ends jobs. But um, So I was always earning money, but um, never – so once I get – so it was constantly working. And then post-college, I really had to get a job because I was on my own. So mm-hmm. um, I looked I, – I started in an area that interests me, which was real estate – looking for internships, um, looking for full-time work. Um, and I met somebody, a, a parent, one of my parents' friends who was in software, suggested I get a job um, in that area and really cold called my way to an interview, met a couple other, met some people in the business, and then finally landed a job where the way I got the job was saying, you don't have to pay me anything, I just come here to learn. Where was the job? It was in Washington. It was a software company called Media Cybernetics. Uh-huh. So you show up and say, I-, I don't care, I don't need any money. It's I'm not here. a money thing, even though I had none, I just <laughs> need to work and get some experience because all these companies are telling me it's I need the, experience. Here. So, so your first job's in a software company, how long are you there for? Six months before I was able to um, parlay that into a job at Oracle, which was hiring, and it was the only, person my mother had introduced me to one of her friend's daughters who worked at oracle she was doing very well and that was kind of that was i was focused on getting that job at oracle who said i needed experience in software before i could get that job so that's a big job how do you go six months to getting to oracle it was uh it was a real coup it was just timing and luck they liked me they saw my energy i'm guessing and they uh-huh. took a shot with me and yeah. so um, i'm guessing in that whole spectrum of timing luck and energy if you'd have to weight them, the energy is probably the highest level. Ah, um, I would say luck, but thank you. <laughs> um, and so, I'm sure, there's humility in there too. <laughs> the um, so after Oracle, um, when I was there for about a year, um, I had a number of friends in New York, and I started hearing what they were doing. They were being well, they were banker. One one was a ba- actually had only one friend that was a banker that I knew. Uh-huh. I really didn't know what investment banking was. Um, and uh, I went to go see him. Uh, I took a trip to New York. I, I, I felt like there was something bigger for me. There was something that wasn't satisfying at Oracle. Something felt um, too controlled. Um, and so you um, left the Oracle job looking for more. Looking for more, not knowing what that was. So you you leave the cushy Oracle job because it's constraining you. Not having another place to go to, but just believing that what? That you're going to find something? That I could just find something. Because you believe in yourself. Because I felt like there was something bigger out there for me. I wasn't sure what it was, but I went to New York and just started um, interviewing, cold calling banks for jobs, job interviews. So I got a job as a cold caller. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it actually doesn't feel like long ago, which was, it's just, you know, it's just, I remember it like it was yesterday, quite frankly. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, right away I, uh, I was developing a bit, it was very entrepreneurial. You, you said it was a sink or swim type of job. You either got clients to listen to that would make investment recommendations or you didn't. And if you didn't, you had to go home cause there was no salary. So it was just, it was fully commissioned, and um, you kind of eat what you kill. Um, and so I picked a path of emerging markets because it sounded interesting to me, and I felt like that was a good area. And um, really just started marketing um, emerging market funds to um, entrepreneurs that looked like they were playing in the emerging market spaces. So they were business owners of companies that were doing business in Russia or China or India. So I specifically tracked those entrepreneurs and targeted them to speak to them about investing in that area since their business was in that area and moved up very quickly, building up a business with that niche. Very People in the boardroom started hearing about my business, it was growing, and I'm talking about all within like six months, mm-hmm. but it wow. was growing really quickly compared to a couple hundred people that were in the same football field of a boardroom because the firm was Oppenheimer huh. um, 20 let, years ago. Let me slow you down for a minute because you're hitting on something that I've seen 
um, on multiple people that we've interviewed here on this podcast and people that I've met in my life. Um, and I want to sort of sort of bring it down for someone so they can sort of put it in, 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 and capture it. What are you just to na- just nail it down with me? You're you're sitting in a job that has zero security, having left a job that has prestige and security. Um, there must have been a day where you woke up, you went to work, nothing happened. You said, "What was I thinking? What mm. a dumb mistake!" You had to have had moments of self doubt. Right. So when I left, my mother gave me an earful that I was an idiot, <laughs> moron. What am I doing? I'm going to regret this. You're giving up the car. You're giving up the salary. Right, the you're life, giving up the right. life. Of Pick this, a fence. That. And she, it made no sense to her. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember the day very specifically. I took a walk. It was my second month in. I took a walk. I was walking outside uh, looking at the water down, in, um, down off uh, um, where it was in the financial district. And I really just wanted to go home. I called my mom and I said, I'm coming home. And she's like, you're coming home? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to come home. I'm done. And I'm just done. And I just, I'm just. Nothing happening. This is is not happening. And uh, she said, great. I can't wait for you to come home. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make your bed. (laughs) It's ready for you. Um, Which is, I think, what what my mom would say, too. She'd be like, it's okay, honey. I'm here. Just, you know. (laughs) And then you get home and it's like, I told you so. That's right. Not not when you're on the phone. That's right. So. I don't know why I didn't go home. I just, I just, I just, I, I don't have the reason. I just felt like I had more work to do. I'm just going to play this out. And um, I was, um, uh, another went, month went by and um, I just, I, I just felt like it was a place for me. I, I started to see a little bit of light. I started to enjoy it a little better. And then I just then never looked it. back. I never looked back. And so that, that's what I want to get at with people. I, I meet people all the time that are in these moments where, it's almost a defining moment of your life. And I would guess, and we're going to talk about it a little longer, is that this is, I'm sure, a theme for you. Um, that you do something that is unknown, unchartered. And as a result, it, because it's unchartered, there is a pushback of potential failure. And you, as you go into that wave, and tell me if you, if you experience it differently. You, you, you go out to this new sea. And the first, like, you know, mile, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I, oh, oh, this is great. You probably got there. And, and you saw the guys with the Maseratis or wherever. And you're like, of course. And then you hit that first wave that crashes your boat. And when that first wave hits, most people or many people either leave or create a negative belief that says, I'm not good enough. They go back to their job or they quit. But even if they're back, they're not the same. Because they've tasted defeat, they've tasted failure, they've, they've, they've dropped out of the cushy hands that they were raised, and they hit the floor hard and broke a bone. And few people get up and, and brush off. What, how? I, I, I'm going to start with vision, uh, path. Um, it, it, it takes really defining what path you're going to go on, and you have to see where you're going in life. If you can't pick a path, it's very hard to move forward. Mm-hmm. So. Very early on, I was able to see paths um, and 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 blaze that trail um, with with so so that would keep me going. And I would write. And we talked about this before the, this interview started. Everything got written down from day one. There was a journal. There was a date. It, my day was starting. These are the things I had to do. These were and and this is what. And as the day was going by, I'm writing down everything, and it's just logging. And I'm on that path. So this is where I want to slow down because this is one of the things that we, we know each other for a few years now. And you told me this the first time we met in your office, and I have yet to forget it. And I've talked about this a million times, and I really want to drill down on this because science now, I'm sure this is before even these studies or maybe not, but science is now all over this whole concept of writing and journaling. This morning on my radio show, I did the value of writing and Andy Grove at Intel and um, the guys at Evernote and um, Ben Horowitz at Idris. All these guys basically are saying now that if you really want to make sure you know where you're going, you got to spend time writing. How much time did you spend writing? Because people are going writing. I, I can barely get through my day. I can barely. Um, but when I wake up in the morning, my email is on already, and like that's it. People get up in the morning, they jump on the treadmill called life, and it goes on like you know seven, and they run, and then they get home and they fall asleep. So, someone like you, who did not grow up 
your business career is not like here, here, son. Here's the corner office. Whenever you're ready to come out, you're you're in a, you're in an eat what you kill environment. So it would make more sense to hear that you never had a chance to breathe and you worked all day, but you spent the time writing. How? How did you write? What did you write? When did you take time to write? How did you? Um, what did you? What did you put down? Right. So. Um strategy it was a lot of strategy it was a lot of 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 pace setting goals um the things that i wanted to accomplish um direction laying down direction um writing down what wasn't working writing down um the 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 successes that i was have and planning for the next day so um i would say it's it was much strategy and reminders of things that worked and didn't work and um, looking to optimize almost on a daily basis. Um, so I could look back at the past day, see what I did, see what worked, what wasn't working, um, see if I'm still on the path, check myself, and then start planning for the next day. And it's written down so that way I can reflect back and, and make adjustments along the way. Life is um, a series of adjustments. Every day you're tweaking, you're tweaking, you're tweaking, you're honing in on a direction, a path where you're want to go and where you're going so that was that 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 constant tweaking and adjustments um and the 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 documentation of that i think was really critical for me um how much i don't mean to drill down to the details but you wrote longhand you got a a spiral notebook i mean uh, when when we're done i will walk over (laughs) to this library and i'll show you a stack um of my different journals good um, old-fashioned longhand you just long wrote it out and and what's really crazy actually is some of the same thinking i had within that first six months at oppenheimer today is still intact wow which is just some of the strategy some of the strategy and the foundational thinking um is still kind of how i allocate my time and um it's not necessarily just a business it's involves charity and it involves um other skill sets that just aren't related to business it's more related to interpersonal and um just structural um structural components of just being a good person so it's it started out just all business that's what i was just i was just kind of forced to be thinking like that Mm because it's the environment i was in but that same approach uh-huh. um, and concept, I think, is applying to other parts of my life now. Um, yeah. And um, how did you have time? I mean, I, I journal too. Um, here's what I find whenever I journal: um, I never go back and read it. You ever? I, I, I write, and then it gets out, and then I feel better, um, or I feel like I'm being, con- you know, I'm like contemplating. And then, like, I look back and go, "Hey, I haven't read this in." six months so how did you did you balance every night reading was it weekends did you look back on the weekends ago let me look at my day or was just how you, you know, structured every day good question i'm looking back now more than i ever have because um you know now i have history and before i didn't i was making my history so um now that i have history it's really important to go back and reflect uh-huh. um and i'm finding those journals to be uh, critical building blocks, um, and also, um, great learning lessons that that I can reflect back on, um, so I can make these adjustments going forward. So, um, I don't think I was going back so much 10 years ago, but I found, or even 20 years ago, but now I'm finding myself reflecting more on some of the historical work that I did and planning. And what what do you think in terms of you know, as you're starting your career and you, a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this show and are out there right now, what do you think is a, a good balance, if you will, for how they should structure their day from time to contemplate, strategize, think um, vis-a-vis their action? Like how much time should a entrepreneur or any business owner, now I'm thinking, hearing you speak, it's not just entrepreneurs, but how much time should a serious business individual give themselves every day as allocated time to engage in this type of activity? Well, um, this is a routine and it's, it's a personal decision. So I, what worked for me is we're starting off the day. So notebooks open dates, putting down the date. Um, you look back at what happened yesterday and anything that's carrying over, it's got to go down as things you got to 
mm-hmm. um, address. So you just, you, I tend to look back from the day before, um, things that I missed that were critical, they go back on my list. And um, I could spend five minutes on that on, and start planning out my day. Um, and then as critical conversations are happening during the day or key things that I need to focus on, they're going to go on that in, into that notebook. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the day as I'm having meetings, um, whether it be business or other activities that I'm in, uh, or involved with, they're just they're just going on the they're just uh-huh. going down. It's a it's a it's a diary, it's a, it's a life, life diary. diary. It's a it's a it's a life diary. You know, That's it's great. a diary and a roadmap That's at great. the same time. Kind of, That's it's great. not just what's happened, but it's what you'd like to make happen, where you want to go. Right, right, right. So um, that's and, amazing. And forever tweaking, right, and adjusting. Wow, I think that's an important thing that you're bringing up that most people forget about. And I think one of the things that it sounds like it does for you is that it brings out this inner wisdom that's inside. I think that more people are more wise than they think they are. And we will very easily like go to like, you know, Business Insider or Inc. or Fortune or Forbes and read an article and hear about Elon Musk or hear a story about someone else and we'll try to gain wisdom from the outside world. And that's important. But we each have a source of wisdom that's internal that we don't listen to enough. We don't listen to that gut until it's too late. We don't really think because we don't think we're smart enough. We don't really, like you said, you don't draw on like even your mom's experience. Like we don't really draw on our lives enough to really bring it out. And it sounds like part of the process of journaling and writing and thinking, which doesn't have to be an all day thing, is really your way of, or someone's way to bring out what's in your head so that there's value there so that you can really see and and, and hone that skill. Yeah, and another thing that... um is really important is just if you look at how you're allocating your day, you talk about time, how much time do you devote to putting down a journal? But a lot of times you need to just make sure you're allocating time to growth, whether it be business growth or interpersonal mm-hmm. growth. So if you're dealing with problems all day long, whether it be your kids or whether it be health issues or legacy business issues or what have you, that can really, if you look at the time you're spending on that, during the day, it's really hard to reflect that as the weeks go by, unless you can really break it down. Well, how are you going to break it down? The days collide, right? right? And they just all mesh together. You need a mechanism to be able to extract where the time was spent. Right. So if you're not allocating time towards the things that are going to make you grow, then you're not going to grow. Right. So, and you, and, and the only way to decipher the allocation of time towards growth is you've got to just have it documented. Because otherwise, you're never going to know. That's great. It's so simple, but it's so true. It's hard. These are one of the most simplest. It's simple, but it's hard. You know, it's some hard. of the biggest truths in life are simple but hard. And this is, I think, one of them. And so the question a- is, why is it hard? Why is it hard? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, why don't we work on ourselves enough? Why don't we try to, why don't we work on just important key principles of life? Or why aren't we... Um, working on um, whether it's um, just things that we just don't really think about during the day, which is just the day just goes by and boom, it's gone. Yeah. And you got to catch up the next day, but after a day, a week, a month, a year, you just got to start somewhere. And I think the first thing you got to do is just recognize that um, these days are slipping by. And so you got to be conscious of it. And I think that's really, uh, really important to just take a real honest gauge of where you are um, in life, in the day, in the week, in your career, in your life. You know, so those are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, and I, I think the present, the company that who will be listening to us is, is hopefully doing this through this podcast and others. But you're absolutely right that we could, we think that the quicker we run, the quicker we'll get there. But many times, the quicker we run, we were going in a direction that's further from where we need to go. And like you had said earlier, which is something that I think we have to really think about, which is it's about the path. It's not about the speed. It's about the path. Uh, I, for myself, see this on a, on, on a constant basis, this sense of like, I can do this, but where is it going to go? Like, is this, is, this, is this helping the path? And the ability to slow down sometimes 
and be a sharpshooter versus being, you know, someone that's going to, you know, sort of spray bullets from an M16 is the difference between being able to make those really key moves to really enhance your career exponentially versus always feeling like you're catching up and never really feeling like you're getting somewhere significant. Like you said earlier, the days and the weeks and the months, they start to collapse and you look back and go, wow, look at what I, you know, look at what I was looked like five years ago. Am I that different? Am I making the same bad decisions? Am I the same person? Am I this? And that I think is what you had said earlier with journaling, but I think it's the deeper issue of how much time do you spend towards self-growth and how much time do you see yourself, even if it's in the world of business, is really a product of who you are and how you make decisions that if more people sort of appreciated, I think we'd have better they would grow to being better business individuals because it's almost counterintuitive in our culture. Our culture is every second sound bites at you 24-7. You wake up, you're buzzing, you're beeping, you're moving. Things, especially here in Manhattan, like you can't even walk the streets without feeling like you're being pushed by a wave of people that have a place to go and beep. And there's, you get caught up in that culture of movement is growth. But sometimes movement is not growth. It's like a false sense of growth. Sometimes movement is just movement. And growth is slowing it down so that you can make sure that when you do move, you move strategically. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think being aware of your movements, conscious of your movements are key. And some people just move for the sake of moving. Right. Um, but to um, be sensitive to those moves and, and be conscious of where you're moving is, 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 uh, something that, you know, we constantly have to remind ourselves of, 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 of tools to, to be able to do that. Right. So take us through now you're, you're, you, you come up with this great idea. Um, you, you tap into emerging markets. Now you're the, if you will, the, the talk of the, of, of the office, you're, you're growing past your, your peers. What happens next? <clears throat> I, um, I, that's when I, the entrepreneurial button, like just was pressed. I, um, started taking flights to, um, Russia and to Prague and to places I've never, Poland and, 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 and really just started, um, I would just land in these cities and start to talk to the people, set up meetings with banks, having no relationship at all oh and really oh um which was completely i mean if my manager <laughs> knew i was doing that I mean, i'd be fired on the spot um so oh i was just really very much out there um as a as an entrepreneur and um and i didn't even know i was an entrepreneur i was just seeking opportunity in the most unorthodox way quite frankly i mean no manager no rule book nothing i mean just and um i started i i ran into uh um, someone had called me in the boardroom and said hey they're working for this woman who owns a bank and um her name's alice walton and um she she would like to uh to meet you um she someone did she find out about told you? Um, someone in the boardroom uh -huh. told uh, a person that worked for her that I was an emerging market specialist and could bring uh -huh. uh, debt transactions to her bank that were guaranteed. And she had a way to guarantee the debt with uh, Overseas Private Investment Corp, a, a government entity. So it was guaranteed debt that they uh -huh. were buyers of. So Alice and I met in Washington and I took her, um, the, the next week I took a flight with her managing director, head of banking and head of sales to Moscow. Which you've been to only how many times? Zero. <laughs> For real. Zero. And if your boss found out, you'd be fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I think I had $800 in my savings account. Oh, my gosh. And the managing director. Of, I love this story. The, the managing director of the bank um, was shocked when I asked him if I could stay in his room with him because I didn't have enough money for the hotel. Oh. I was only, I was at Oppenheim. I think I was there for maybe eight months. And so... Things were really tight. Uh, I was lying, I was living in the the, uh, the YMCA on 92nd Street. I don't. Oh my gosh! You don't even have an apartment. Yeah, you fly to no, Moscow was, as 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 an expert in in emerging markets with the managing director of a bank, and you don't have enough money to to even afford an apartment. 
well, forget about the apartment. I didn't have money to pay for the room, so I asked him if I could sleep in his room. Oh, my gosh. To which he said. He agreed, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> but been like- um, the meeting didn't go too well, actually, um, because we were sh- they were looking for some uh, money before the meeting even started. It was just the wrong type of meeting to have. It just did not work out. Um, and uh, so all the meetings were canceled. But my return ticket didn't leave for five more days return, and it cost me more to change the ticket than the ticket, so I had to wait out five days. So I found a hotel that was $20 a night, and I just got held. I put myself in this hotel until I, the return ticket was there, so I came back uh, wow. five days later. Interestingly enough, um, I met a couple people for that week's time, and uh, some of them are still my friends today. He runs a big Russian fund, Bobby Mashoya, who's now a good friend. I've invested with him in his fund, and his fund was quite a big success called Quorum Fund. Um, and Bobby was helping me um, buy, um, locate stock positions in some of the Russian companies before they were very liquid. Uh-huh. Um, this was, um, we were getting location on stocks to um, US uh, money managers that were buying Russian securities. So. I was kind of brokering those positions with Bobby buying the the positions from the locals and we were selling them into the US manager. So that's really how I got kicked off. And then shortly after that, I um um I realized that I couldn't work in a firm like Oppenheimer and I really um really started to get entrepreneurial. And then my a friend of mine um grabbed me and suggested that I um go to an investment bank and become a banker, which I really didn't know what that was. Um, Before we get to the banking, there's something you said there that I want to jump into. How many times in your life do you find that you do something where you think this is going to be – as I'm hearing the story, if I were writing the script and this would be a story that I'm watching in a movie, I would assume that the the movie ends with some big, huge deal, you know, the – young guy that doesn't have money for the hotel room and you know that that's how it should end right that's how the the, the story right. should end with that it becomes the bank and then you whatever. <laughs> right. and it doesn't it ends with complete and abject failure <laughs> but yet yeah. what you mentioned to me was within that week of failure quote unquote failure you meet a guy who you end up creating a long-term relationship with make making money with and how many times in your career did you find that you took a position you took a risk and the risk failed, but from within the failure was set like a glimmer, if you will, like a little spark <clears throat> that you didn't know ultimately would come and benefit you. Mm, probably 95% of the time. Amazing. Yeah, probably 95% That's of the amazing. time. amazing. And, you know, I have probably had my success um, from a number of failures, right? So the ability or the willingness to try something, explore, um, and um, position myself in a way that um, the worst case is I'm going to learn something. Oh, is that a great motto? And, and, and as long as that's on a path, as long as I know that that risk that is taken is going to put me in a position where um, I – it's 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 gonna it's it's going to put me in a position where I'm gonna learn. Um, it's then I, you start calculating the risk and and seeing if it's worth you know moving forward and allocating time and and now what I'm doing is allocating money. So it's time and money um, and reputation. I mean, there's a lot of things with with involved now of of how if if, if I'm gonna allocate risk. Um, is it capital? Is it reputation? Is it time? Risk. I mean, there's risk gets broken down a whole bunch of different ways today. Um, before, um, I really didn't have much, the risk considerations were less because it was just time, but I didn't have any money. Right. So now that I'm investing capital and um, deploying um, for myself and for the fund, for my LPs, um, so it's capital, time, reputation, um, Right. There's more considerations. Um, there's more elements of risk than ever before. Yeah, right. no, absolutely. But one of the things that I, I, I was amazed what you said, and I think it's important for people to hear, is that failure 
is not the way we understand failure. You know, you watch you know a basketball game and one team fails, and it's almost as if if you can, the season's worthless. You know, like did you win the championship? And there's a sense like it's like a binary concept where either you succeeded or you failed, and either got an A or you got an F. And in the real world and in the world of entrepreneurialism, in the world that you live, in the world that you've created for yourself, um, obviously, you know, with, with help of, of other things, but the ability, what I'm hearing you say, and I think it's important for people to hear from the other side of this, is that the ability to take, like you said, I'm, I'm like scribbling as you're talking, un- unorthodox positions, but within the failure of those positions, so you try... You go out with 800 bucks in your pocket, if you will, and it fails. But the ability to look at it from the perspective of will I learn as a consideration to should I do it versus will I achieve that success? Will I make the money? Will I make the deal? Will I get the job? That is a distinction that if people can shift thinking from will I learn, and you're right, as considerations go up, how much will I learn? Is it more... That, but will I learn? Will I grow personally, as a consideration to a allocation of time or money? Versus, will I get to the goal set out for me from beforehand? I think is the distinction between an entrepreneur and someone who's not, because an entrepreneur knows I, it, it's me. The company is not the the bank. It, the company is me. I'm the company. I'm the I'm the investment, right? Because I'll be. It's just me. Because it'll be banking. It'll be emerging markets. It'll be commodities. It'll be you know packaged goods. It'll be whatever it'll be. It doesn't matter because it's me. And when you're investing in yourself and you're using life as your experience, versus you're investing in a company and using yourself as the catalyst to something else, you you look at the world differently. You look at the opportunities differently, and I think you take risks differently. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, um, yeah, I think risk, we could talk hours and hours about risk. So um, I don't want to say about risk. I'm going to talk about um, sense, sense of risk. Um, How do you measure that risk? It's a really not easy discussion. Um, There's so many different ways to do it. Um, So... um, that is probably, um, everybody takes a, you know, you risk every day. We all take risks. We take risks when we get up in the morning and, 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 uh, we're making decisions constantly. So with that, with every decision, there's a risk element. You're wrong. Okay. You took a left, but you should have, should you gone right? So you should have gone right, but you know, it was a risk. You went, you went the different way. Um, so <clears throat> how do we measure that? Um, and that's, that's a sense that, um, to really hone in on that and, and think about that. Um, it's something that I think as um, you're just always trying to get better, is become a better risk taker because um, life's just a series of risks. Um, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And um, can you adjust and, um, and, and get better um, as a person, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a... A, um, a scholar, whatever it is. So just so, so I can understand what you're saying, would you agree that without the patience and the discipline of writing, you can grow as a risk taker? I understand that, that it's yeah, complicated. Yeah, I don't think I could. I, I wouldn't have the ability to measure right. um, as much. So I right. use that documentation as a, a way to measure. Yeah what I'm doing, um, on, uh, a daily basis. So, and, and what I'm doing on a daily basis, I'm risking time, money, yeah. reputation. Um, and, uh, so, um, yeah, I would say documentation of that writing it down is, is, is a way to measure without that you lose the measurement. So yeah. you lose the learning lessons you get lost because there's so many risks that you're taking so many decisions that you're making. Right, it so, just it just gets lost. So without the ability to ha- be patient in your thinking, as you write, you can't measure it, so that you really can't learn from each experience, so that you're really not getting that much better, unless you're an outlier and brilliant. But a regular person, yeah. if they don't have the time to write, to document, to look back, there's no measuring stick, so that when they're making their decisions six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty years into their practice. 
they're not giving themselves the tools that they need to be better at measuring risk. Unless they have a talent or a right. skill that's just photographic memory and they're right. never forgetting anything and they just they don't need to. And some people just might have the natural ability to not have to do it. Right. So For me, it's it was looking back, it was important. Right. So as I'm thinking, I'm thinking, whoever's listening to this right now, stop whatever you're doing. Like pull the car to the side of the road <laughs> and just start journaling because every moment that you start is one day closer to being better, unless you're an outlier, but better to arguably the most important business skill, which is measuring risk. Because that, like you said, is the question. Because everything is an opportunity and everything is risk. So it's just the person that knows that this or this is worthy of my time because there's always considerations on both sides of the aisle. That's right. And even risk of your time, right? If you're, ri you're risking every, how, how you, if you're, you're allocating time. So if you allocate half the day towards this activity, that's a risk. Yeah, that's great. So Even time's a risk. Time's a risk. Love it. So now you're in the bank. So now you're, are you, are you an investment banker in the end or did you, did you no, take it? No, so I, um, well, I became one by calling, um, I went, I decided to take a flight to Switzerland huh. because. Um, this is the first time on an airplane? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> couple, first time to Switzerland. <laughs> Um, so I was seeing the world at this point at the at the old age of probably two, I was probably twenty five twenty six at the time, yeah probably twenty five twenty six. Wow! And um, at that Did, point, has your net worth grown to to four? Um, not digits? not yet. Okay, no, it hadn't started. Um, I was uh, doing a lot of learning, um, and uh, I I started. Um, canvassing the 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 swiss banks seeing what type of um interest they would have in u.s equities um and u.s deals and i literally i wish i still had it i might have it somewhere i'm gonna look i, I the thought crossed my mind the other day um but i literally went to i think it was geneva and zurich and i just went into the yellow page and just ripped out all the bank section and i had like i mean maybe 50 pages of banks and I literally just went through everyone and just started calling, asking who handled U.S. securities and built contacts, um, told them I was in Switzerland, would like to see them, and started quantifying their interests. That was how I was, that was how I decided to spend my time. I wanted to build interests to our ideas and our deal flow. Wow. Um, and I built a business there and, and uh, from nothing and um, really... Um, in a short period of time, I was um, basically sourcing. I was I was selling most of the deals to the Swiss banks, and um, I was pretty much banking all the transactions myself because no one else was doing no it. No one else was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the deals were being sold, and I was selling them all to the Swiss banks, and no one else was selling. Anything. Oh my gosh! So then I went from there. Um, I decided uh, there was some senior guys, I was 28, that said they were going to do their own firm. And these guys had had, one of the guys ran banking at Payne Weber, and one of them ran banking at UBS, or I don't know, maybe he didn't run banking, but he was in banking at UBS. And they wanted me to be part of their new firm. And um, I agreed to it, so we started exploring the idea of a new firm. And after about six months, I felt like I just, they they weren't really going to work. It was going to be mostly me. And so I just said, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. So that was the breakthrough. Like I had a path. It was, oddly enough, the first three months when I was at Oppenheimer, I wrote that plan. I still have it. I'll show you um, that same plan that um, seven years or six years later went to go ahead and do on my own. I had sketched out that plan within the first that path probably within the first three, four months of being in New York. Wow. Which was sourcing and um, sourcing opportunities and syndicating them to institutions. That's what I was looking at, venture capital. And, and that's so, what you did. You, you say, so why do it for somebody else? Let me do it myself. Just do it myself. So with no money and or with a little money now, you just launched your own fund or your own company my own uh what i called a merchant bank called vertical uh -huh. ventures mm -hmm. uh, which you've I, done before never never okay just, I would, never 
You yeah. And you didn't go to school for it. You didn't, you didn't go, go to school. You didn't for go to business it. school. You didn't get your, your fourth degree in advanced finance. You just said, "Hey, I can figure it out," and you just did it. Yeah, pretty much. And that, and, and just to just to hit this for a second, because I, I, the you just is it is it that you're supremely in a good way, just confident that you can do it, or is that you don't you don't you don't mind failure? What's the driver here? To to start these many things in one lifetime, and we're not even done yet. But to start what you did until now requires the you know, as they say that you know, it's, it's ice in the veins, to use a basketball term. The is it the sense of I can do it that you had growing up from your parents, or is it a who cares? I I I'll learn something. Who cares if I fail? Like, what's really the the the, the energy here that's making it happen? <sighs> I think. It- it was a step out, right? I just kept stepping out, stepping out, getting more comfortable that I was doing a lot of this work on my own anyway, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a, any support. Mm-hmm. Zero support, doing on my own, a little bit more step, taking a little bit more risks, mm-hmm. seeing that I could really complete the, 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 the circle. I, I was, I was, I was um, building up confidence. Um, and then when I decided to do it on my own, it was just, it was just, it was almost like I was already 10 feet out on the ledge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I just jumped the minute I thought of it and boom, I was out there just doing no, it. No, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about yeah. it. I was planning. I was thinking how it was going to all work. Definitely nervous. Um, but um, when I when I was ready to, to, to launch, I launched. And, um, you know, it... Um, it, it it really started to fall to come together quickly. You know, the, I, my timing was really right. Um, and, um, I had a, you know, I quickly got some good people around me wow. to help me, um, with that business. So it was, uh, it was great luck and, and, and timing really. Quickly. And how, how long were you, were you there for? How long did that bank um, that bank became um, that investment called it a merchant bank because I was investing the limited partners capital. I raised mm-hmm. money from a, a group of people that I knew and had relationships with, um, and I, the the uh, the rates of return were so. I mean, the company that was launched was very successful. It was oh, that's great! Very lucrative at the time. I returned the money was a big return right away. I think it was like the first six seven months. Wow! And I was off and running and. Uh, that we had an investor that was um, that uh, uh, from um, from years ago that that I covered on the desk um, that our firm covered on the desk actually, and uh, we had a relationship with my partner and I, Rich Abbey, and uh, Rich came to join me after six months of launching, uh, but I, I it was uh, we had been working together for so many years, um, and uh, when when um, the we started investing on behalf of this particular family. Um, so it was a managed account, which then became the hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, we rolled all our fees um, and agency, but basically all the advisory fees that we earned into the hedge fund um, to start. So we put all our capital up and we started doing this um, investment business, um, which became you know, it just grew all the way up. Right. And, and that, uh, that's been your launch pad since. That was a launch pad. Yeah. That yeah. was, um, that business started in, um, in the, the, the first year of the fund was Oh three official year of the fund. We were doing managed accounts, uh, in a one and Oh two, but then the hedge fund really launched and it, uh, it grew very rapidly. We were, we were right place, right time. Um, right. and it was really nice timing for that. So now that you're on the other side in a way, um, how do you, stay hungry how do you um keep, uh, like you said earlier i mean i would think that your ability to take risks become even heightened right because now you got reputation you've got other things to think about besides just hey listen i'm starting out and i'm gonna just rip the, you know the p- right. pages out of the phone book but yet at the same time you know that that's really the driver the ability to stay hungry the ability to see opportunity so what keeps you hungry how do you maintain that youthfulness even though you're 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 on the other side of it now very hard very hard it's 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 hard to take those same risks that i took um when i was 28 29 30 years old just it's just not the same anymore there's right. a lot to lose um, 
not just capital, but reputation. And there's just a lot on the line now. Right. So um, there's more considerations. Um, so I am, uh, and we have to deal with more legacy issues. We just, uh, so there's right. a lot of, um, I don't let things go easily. So if I've got um, an investment that I made, um, I try to fix it if it's not working. And right. trying to fix it can become a lot of work. Um, so to answer your question, um, it's, um, it was, um, it, 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 it changes, but, um, it, the, the, you gotta be really conscious of your time still. It's coming back to time and path because right. you, yeah, you're going to cut your risk profile and there's more considerations, but now you gotta be allocated, look at how you're allocating time to growth or cleanup or other things in life like mm -hmm. that just weren't factors 10 years ago. Right. If you can look back now and, and I know we've taken up a lot of your time, if you just, you know, if you can look back now and say, um, I, if someone would have told me this when I first started, um, it, I would have loved it. What would it be? Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Ah, that's easy. Um, I would have, if someone would have told me that, I could start my own business um, when I was out of college. That would probably be a really, I would have liked to have done that yeah. um, because I think the things that I learned from starting that business um, were just, you know, um, irreplaceable. I mean, these are life lessons. These are business lessons. These are, um, there's so many elements involved, charitable lessons. Um, you learn more about people. Um, you just, you just, you're just really, um, I, I feel like, um, you're just much more alive and, 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 um, you have a, just a better pulse of just life. It's more, um, a more better reflection of just who you are. Right. Um, so, um, you're not, the brand of a business or a bank or um, you're not part of another group. So I think if I could have done something earlier, it probably would have been launching even earlier. Wow. Um, because, um, yeah, I just, I'm really enjoying the, uh, the, the, the freedom of being able to spend time and do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting that I find that people have said to me more than once that they were, in an institution, they began their career in an institution. They sort of followed the path. They, you know, they got out of business school and they went to a bank or law school and law firm or wherever, and they had the opportunity to go do something by themselves. So if you're in a law firm and you've got like mahogany walls and secretaries and cars, homes, and you know enough money to keep you there or whatever, and someone says, "Hey, why don't we start a firm, the three of us?" and you're like, "Are you out of your mind? Like, I got to do things like photocopying, like, and." Many times I'll speak to someone and they'll say, it was so hard to jump out, but the ability to have your own something is so different than working for, and that's nothing wrong with working for people, and that's part of how the life how life works. But sometimes the ability, if you have that dream, if you have that idea to start your own, is a unique experience that people are scared to try. And I even took it a step further because in the last, call it six years i started operating forget about just my business but other businesses so i learned not only how to run an investment business which basically making investments um and reporting back to your limited partners but um i started operating multiple businesses and sitting on boards so learning about corporate governance learning about just how to keep teams intact um learning about budgets learning i mean the 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 learning lessons that have been involved in those last six years of just operating have been mm -hmm. um, overwhelming, I will say. And I wish I could say that I've been able to figure that out. I'm not sure. You're still learning. I, uh, this is a big <laughs> learning curve for me. Yeah. It's been new and um, exciting, but also, you know, definitely taken some 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 hits yeah and uh but the adjustments are fun and and um the highs are really fun but at the lows you got to be really strong and and um and and be able to deal with a lot of that volatility and not unknown right and like you said earlier i guess it's it's your ability to follow that path these are paths and right. and um you know and capacity 
capacity becomes a huge issue. Um, mm -hmm. What are you capable of taking on? Right. And like what you said, you like, yeah, I mean, you said it right in the beginning, like, you know, I've taken on so much stuff. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know, taking on too much responsibility can also be a bad thing. So you got to really understand uh, what capacity constraints you have as an individual and as a business person. And if it's too much, you got to be able to adjust and cut down and, and size down. And that's something that I'm really learning now. And um, I, quite sure i'm hopeful that uh, i can get to um i can master that area because that's an area that i'm working on as we speak yeah that's great and, and yeah you're absolutely right the ability to increase your capacity really changes who you are i've got two more questions i know we've taken a lot of your time um people ask me all the time um about rituals um everyone that i've spoken with i, I read this a lot i care a lot about this stuff i always look to see like all right what do people do in the morning what do people do at night how do they go to bed how do they manage their time is there a ritual that you use maybe in the morning or at night or, or during the day is there something that you say it's this that i've been doing since a kid i you know i have you know two apples and then or whatever or I, i'm up at five or i every night i take a walk or is there a ritual that you have on a daily basis outside journaling that is um, something that you've really held on to throughout your career? Yeah. Um, the, well, throughout the career, I think um, exercise has been a key, key, key element of my life, and I and I and I believe it's um, it's good. I, I'm hopeful it, it will continue to be. So for the last three and a half years, maybe four. I'm coming up on four actually. Um, there's been an exercise every morning. Wow. Um, every day. Um, that's, that's and, and, and that's been a real, um, I even think it, it sounds kind of hard, but um, it's been actually, it's gotten easier and easier to do. So um, it just becomes part of the routine. Um, recently, I've been um, weaving in meditation mm -hmm. um, where um, that silence is, is, um, is 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 i'm finding it to be really really helpful and um it's uh it's exercise for the brain and doing nothing is actually a lot harder than it sounds yeah sure um but to be able to work and have tools to work with your brain is just a something i never knew about i've been at it for about eight months and working on that and really enjoying that as well and and um a new routine that I'm hopeful to um, that that gets some traction is really shutting it down on a, a special day, once a week, um, Friday night to Saturday. Oh, that's a big and, routine, and that's that's that shutdown is something that um, I'm aspiring to. It's something that I'm working towards. It's something that I'm I'm working on, that's and um, I'm really hopeful that I can get there because I feel it's coming. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know that's, uh, that, that saves my life. That's a, that's a lifesaver. Last question. Do you have a favorite book, a favorite work, something that you go back to again and again, something that you read and you said, this totally shifted my life? Is there one uh, book or piece of knowledge that you, you can look back to and say that it really impacted your life? Hmm. Let me just think of a you know, piece of history tell you um i've read a lot of business books particularly when i was young um and there was there's just so many um so many books that that i've gone through and um there was there was let's see there's a book that um there's a spiritual book that I'm reading now that uh, I should say inspiring. Hmm, what's the most inspiring? You know, I used to dissect the the inspirational books, mm -hmm. the the um, uh, the the Harvey Mackey books, mm -hmm. um, like Robbins and all those guys. Those were just when I read some of Tony's work and when I read some of Harvey Mackey's work, "Swim with the Sharks." I mean, just a fundamental classic. I mean, it's. It's it's just so basic and so much common sense. Yeah. Um, and it was written 20, 30 years ago. Um, but they're just laying it all out in a way that's easy to understand. And you just, when I read those works, 
um, I was shocked that someone even had come up with this content. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I used to take those books with my highlighter and I used to highlight lines of it and write it down in my journal and look back at it. Um, they were important um, because I didn't have a, um, a manager. I didn't have a, a boss mm -hmm. that would uh, guide me. Those books were my guide. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're self-help books. They're learning books. They're, 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 they're really good. They, for me, um, it was a knowledge base that, um, that I was able to tap, and I found them to be great paths um, um, for setting me up for being an entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. um, it was very, really helpful. And I still have most of those books uh, in that library behind us. We're going to take a walk afterwards. Yes. Scott, thank you so much for your time. It's so insightful and helpful. And I know it's going to be something that uh, our listeners will enjoy for many years to come. Super. Thanks for having me. Delve into, into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari.